Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif, an urban planner, and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities. Please don't forget to follow Urbanistica on the different social media platforms. And also let's connect on LinkedIn. Big thanks to Urbanistica podcast partner, Afri. Afri is an international engineering and design company providing sustainable solutions in the fields of energy, industry, and infrastructure. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. So, hello and uh, welcome to Urbanistica Podcast, Anna. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm pretty okay. I think it's a boring season in Sweden, but other than <laughs> that, I think it's it's pretty okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't like the weather, no? I'm. I would say every <laughs> single year, I'm surprised this part of the year that I I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you have so many different climates to choose from, right? You know, yeah, uh, yeah. and then why? Why? <laughs> but then, but then the rest of the year, I I, I enjoy most of the seasons. But yeah. this one, I think. If it's without snow, like it is now, then yeah. I think it's pretty boring. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. That's true. Very so, dark. <laughs> 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 so what is your like uh, dream uh, scenario if you choose to be in one place, like not here? At this uh, at this point, I would I would be happy with almost anything <laughs> where you could see something green yeah, or yeah. something blue Anywhere. or, you know. <laughs> I'm not picky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me something that is not as gray as yeah, this, yeah. and I would be fine. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be warm. Just, just, just not some... this. <laughs> how is it going Sorry, at work? Sorry, Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> is it too much to do now at work, or how is the situation? Um, I mean, I, I, I would guess uh, we started our foundation 20 years ago, and yeah. it has always been too much to do. Okay. Maybe I'm getting... Uh, too old and ignorant, so I don't feel as pressured at this <laughs> I don't point. Think so. But I think it's I think it's it's a pretty constant uh, pace yeah. where we have too much to do mm. and we're always uh, lacking behind. Yeah, and yeah. we have huge visions and they are almost never possible to <laughs> <laughs> fulfill. Yeah. So yeah, let's uh, get into the story. You are our storyteller. How would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Um. Maybe I should say that I I am an accidental uh, career person. Okay, <laughs> which means? Which means I guess that when I was a kid, mm. my my intention was never to do a career. I never thought strategically. I just wanted to become an artist or maybe an architect, actually. Okay. That was also a childhood dream. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't really work in that direction. I was... <laughs> I followed my heart and uh-huh. I thought I was going to uh, become a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my plan was never to, you know, to change things or yeah. work big scale or have, have a, a reach out. My, both my parents are artists, mm. so I know what it's like to be an yeah, artist you got... if you're not world famous. Yeah. Basically, you do whatever you like with no money and no one knows what you're doing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. That's sort yeah, of... Yeah. And that is was, was actually what I was planning for. Ah. But then when I was 16, I met my, my the husband I live with now, Ola, 
And uh, his father uh, was Hans Rosling. Yeah. At that time, he was uh, a medical doctor and a teacher. Um, and uh, gradually, we started, both me and my husband, listened to, to his stories and frustrations. And we started helping him out on our spare time. Okay. Which gradually grew into something that was passion-driven, mm. which gradually grew into to a work. Yeah, yeah. And which, uh, where we have basically together with a small team, mm. invented new ways of visualizing world development and uh, dreaming big, yeah, yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so, I mean, it, in that sense, I would say I followed my dream. Mm. So, so it's as passion-driven as I intended, yeah. but at a, at a bigger scale than uh, I planned for. Do you, do, you, <laughs> <laughs> do you think it was like uh, something... Like it's destiny and or no, you made like a very clear and specific choice or no, you just follow mm. the flow and it become like a destiny. That's a good question. No, I, I think, I think um, that's the thing with something being passion driven mm. that on one hand, I think you, you. You get a vision where you want to be, where, what you not where you want to be, like, like some image about what you want to do or, or... Yeah, I think you need to have a long-term goal or see something that you're frustrated about that you want to change yeah. and you start doing it, start working mm. tirelessly in that direction. Mm -hmm, mm. And if you do, some of us uh, have had at least a minor uh, minor chance to uh, change yeah. a few things. And m most people who follow uh, their dreams and their passions... I guess will not because of bad luck and you know different things happening. Yeah. Um, so I guess I've been lucky in that sense. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I'll f I'm still frustrated because I haven't achieved a thing of what but, I wanted to achieve, right? But no, at but, least but I'm, this this is I'm this is the thing with the having like a big vision. Yeah, it's like a kind of uh, you will never reach your vision and make no. it happen, but you can you're you're always working toward yeah this. Uh, this vision somehow. Yeah. So, so I mean, in, in my personal life, I've been always very interested in uh, inequalities in different yeah. ways mm. um, and society and, you know, um, how it works and how to understand it. Yeah. And then I always loved uh, visual stuff. Mm. So in a way, I managed to find a way of do both. Put together, yeah. Yes. And um, and I think that is what I've been working with all the time, yeah. right? Yeah. Finding different ways of trying to make the world easier to understand mm -hmm. by using visual uh, visual ways of uh, trying to present it. Yeah. Yeah. Can 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 we say that now you're living the dream of your career, or there's something you wanted? I, I would I would say I I didn't have a clear uh, career dream, but I had a vision what what I wanted to achieve. Okay. Yeah. In a way. Okay, and then okay. it took me through yeah, yeah. career moves that yeah. was, in a sense, unintended, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, share with the listeners, uh, what do you do now? Like, what is your position? Yeah. And then we can st start talking about Gapminder. Yeah. So uh, currently, I'm, uh, I think my current title is VP of you the think? Gapminder <laughs> Foundation. Yes. <laughs> because I've changed it now and then over time. Okay. I think that is my current one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you start uh, with in the beginning, if you remember? No, I don't remember. That's okay. a good question that I yeah. need to check up because I changed quite a lot. 
No, you have, has, because you have been a long time in the yes, foundation. I mean, I was uh, I was one of the co-founders, and we've always been very few people. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I've been doing almost the same things, mm-hmm. same type of things all the time. Yeah. But it has in on, in different periods, mm. I have identified more or less with different kind, different par- portions of that. <laughs> <laughs> and at one point, I think I I, I thought that. VP was maybe the best uh, way to describe what mm. I was doing, having an like an overall yeah. idea. Yeah. But but I'm not sure. So at, at, at some portions in time, I'd been like a designer or UX mm. experience yeah. um, head or something. I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So tell us about Gapminder. Like, um, when was the year that foundation was founded and so <clears> on? Um. Well, I mean, before the foundation was founded, yeah. we actually had started working in and under different umbrellas. You could okay. say earlier. So, the actual work that then became Gapminder Foundation started around 1999. So it's quite a while. Yeah. Uh, but the foundation we started in 2005. Mm. Uh, before that, we were like, you know, um, I don't know what you call it, enskild firma. Like um, free, not freelancer, but like your, you have your yeah. own company, yeah. something like this. Yeah. So we had that, and then we had an uh, an ink for a while, Aktiebolag, mm. yeah. uh, but that didn't really feel good and wasn't really working out with according to the ways we were heading. Okay. So we changed again and mm. became a foundation with which was closer to our hearts. Yeah. Because and- we're not. We were not looking for uh, making profit. Making profit. It was mm. more like finding a a costume yeah. in which we could uh, develop our ideas. Yeah, but when you say we, it was like you, your husband, and and Hans, and, and Hans Rosling, which yeah. is yeah. So it's sort of a family thing. And yeah. then we have had, uh, but we have had people working with us also uh, since since the beginning. Mm. And we've been. Uh, I mean, of course, it's a long time, but we have been. Going a little bit back and forth between being like maybe uh, from from four or five mm. up to maybe fifteen, and then we wow. get, we grow yeah, and shrink, like a, you know, a little bit. What like do you call this. it? Organically, pretty organically. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, as we're we're mainly uh, grant funded, mm. uh, and then it will depend on the projects we're currently working on, mm. how many we can be, and exactly, and what what kind of work we're doing at the point and yeah. how many needs to do mm-hmm. that and so forth so so what is like the the mission of gutminder we have um uh, you could say that the overall mission mm-hmm. is to promote a fact-based worldview that mm-hmm. everyone can understand so so it's it's about i mean we have a core belief that if people understand the world around them mm-hmm. better we think they will make better decisions. And that we say without having a certain political agenda or anything. It's more like probably it's better if people are a little bit fact-driven mm. uh, before they make their decisions. So, yeah. so I would say that is the thing. And I think we are, uh, as I said before, that I really like the visual way of explaining mm. the world. It's about ha- giving people tools to understand the world more easily without having to read like whole oh, yeah. uh, academic papers yeah. because in reality very few people will yeah th- so this, this is what sort we of know trying yeah. to give the overview yeah. for the mm. ones who wouldn't spend the time 
digging in. <laughs> On reading like 300 uh, pages of reports. Exactly. Just to figure out that kind of uh, data. Or exactly. Something. And mm. I mean, uh, even if those reports might be perfect. They are I mean, perfect, yeah, but in reality, there are so many pages, so yeah. people will not like put yeah. so much And not all on. of them are perfect either. So. Oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> but a few of them are, and just figuring out which are the good ones, then it takes... I mean, that's al already a huge task. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, because recently, now more related to urban planning, I see like we have so many reports hmm. from bigger organizations, and like when you open the report, you, you open the PDF, it's like 350 pages. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, seriously, is is this like a report or a strategy or a, what? What is this document about? Yeah. And it takes so much time to read, and just to to how to say to to summarize the, the importance for me in this case. And and I, I I would say when we started, we started pretty much there uh, because mm. we were uh, looking at some of the UN reports at the time because they, Usually they are very big. They are very big. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and it's it's all about. I mean, it's one one good thing that yeah. the data uh, came up from where it was hidden before mm. into at least a format people could find the data. Yeah. But honestly, very few people uh, get the reports, and of those who get the report, read it. how many would read it? <laughs> so so it's it's a, it started very much as a as a as a project where we wanted to release data from yeah. big organizations and make it mm. freely available and visible yeah. online mm. so people didn't have to go to the reports they could more find Just the data quick. and get a quick overview so so we started very much also um, by trying to to focus on the data from big organizations that used to be hidden in silos. Mm. So they had them in drawers at their offices <laughs> and every office had their own yeah. and you could seldom combine. Mm. And how can you make good decisions if you can't see an overview because the data sets would be op overlapping. Yeah, yeah. So we, we started by actually trying to find ways of uh, making the data come together. Mm -hmm. And that's when we sort of accidentally invented a new user interface. <laughs> okay. But but like but none of you working with like a visual design, right? Or how 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 come that you design so clear diagrams describing so complex information? I think it's because we are uh, we we intended to become artists. So mm. that was our uh, education, right? Yeah. So I think we ha kept the integrity from developing the materials that we thought made sense. Yeah. So we didn't really pay so much attention about how you should do or how you, you usually do. So we did it. We we worked with the data until we, we thought it was understandable. Okay, clear enough. Yes. So and, and we've learned afterwards that we have done a lot of what the like the visual design community would, would claim we made so many things the wrong way, right? Our mistakes. Yes. <laughs> That's fine if but, you're like a quick doer. Yeah, but that, uh, we were not quick. But <laughs> but that's uh, but but I I think we we had the integrity in that sense. Yeah, so yeah. we we did what we believed in. And we didn't really care so much, but mm. because we thought this makes much more sense. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, and then and then I I have to say that uh, Ola, my husband, he he has a very good uh, talent to deal with data. In so which we, way, like cleaning data, or yeah, cleaning, of course, but <laughs> but also, but he's a he's a very serious uh, data guy. 
I would say. Like I a mean, nerd. Yeah, yeah, in a sense, right? <laughs> no, but yeah, but he's very good at he's good at uh, understanding the data and being skeptical about it, and actually, is pretty knowledgeable about mm. the data content. So I, I would say, uh, both me and Hans, I would say, have relied on Ola's yeah. uh, uh, talent talent to actually make mm. sure that we always uh, mistrust the data sources mm. and and scrutinize it very seriously yeah. um yeah. yeah how how do you like from where you collect your data mm-hmm. like 1999 it was not like today you know it was i think it's super difficult so yes. from which sources and how let's talk about the beginning the early years mm. um we started i think well maybe the first data sets we were working on would be data sets or or we, let's say like this <laughs> Hans, uh, it started by Hans wanting to give his medical students an overview about the world. So he had put, he tried to to have them understand the big differences Mm. between different income groups when you look at the health outcome. So he made a scatter plot uh, with the uh, income on one axis and life life expectancy on the other. Okay. Or child survival. Um, And then he... um, he wanted them to the students to get an overview, uh, and what happened was that Ola, my husband, when he was studying, he was studying economic history at that point, mm. and he was supposed to write a thesis, uh, and he d- didn't really like to write <laughs> because he wanted to get into uh, the art school, construct school. Ah, uh, so he has it. Yeah. As this. So, so what he thought was that he wanted to, and he thought he wanted to learn how to animate because he used to animate small cartoons okay. when he was a kid, and he wanted to make an like art film animated using uh, Flash. Okay. Which was no, then it was Micromedia Director, which was like an animating tool mm. uh, that you could use at that time. So, lazy as he was. He asked his professor if it was okay that he did not write a thesis. Instead, if he took his uh, the, his dad's static image with economy on one axis and health on the other yeah. and made it move over time, which would be economic an, an, history, yeah, right? Yeah, an animated in a way. Uh, yeah, an animated version, if that was okay. And then his teacher told him that, yeah, it's okay. Nobody reads those theses anyways. <laughs> so he actually did it. Did it. Yes, spent... Pretty many weeks on yeah. adding the long time series yeah. by actually one year at a time drawing each wow. and every bubble. It's like Walt Disney when yeah. they were drawing the yes. movies. Yes. And then, so that was sort of the starting point. And then he was moving the bubble each year. Wow. And they, they had a function called an onion skin. So you could see like Disney, you could yeah, see yeah, yeah, stepwise. Yeah. And that became the trail uh, feature that we kept. So beautiful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it started like a... So, I mean, it was intended for him to learn how yeah. to use the technology so he could apply for mm. the, uh, I don't know, fine arts yeah. uh, university mm. courses later on. But then what happened was that this got so fascinating for many people because they had never seen the data no. move like this. Wow. So it's it became more and more that, that we did it together as a project. I was also involved in the beginning <laughs> during the late nights when the bubbles were to be put out <laughs> in different places and so on. Uh, but I think none of us realized that we would continue doing that, yeah, right? Yeah. 
So, so I would say that was sort of the starting point. And then we started dragging more and more data in and we saw it was hard to find the data yeah. sources and, and get the data. Mm. So then we, we had a few years when we spent almost all our time uh, going to the UN and going to the World Bank mm. together with Hans and, and l trying to figure out how we could get their data okay. out of their drawers and get them freely available online. For, wow. Because at that point, the World Bank was selling their data selling. on a CD-ROM. So you had to <laughs> you had to uh, fax yeah. uh, and send che American checks to get your own copy, and you were not allowed to share to to share it with anyone. It wow. was an individual license. So they had a, just a few thousand license buyers all over the world wow. of their uh, of their data. Yes. And I mean, that was even a, a cool thing because before that it was only paper. Now they had it CD. on a, a CD at least, yeah. but it wasn't spreading. And their their whole uh, incentive model to, to fund yeah. the data yeah. was pretty wrong <laughs> because it was, it, it was building on, on, a, on a, the old fashioned way where you had to, where, where you paid per copy. But mm. since you could start to, to put it online. Yeah then that model doesn't really make sense True. because they should share the public data because it should be a global public good. Yeah, yeah. We started uh, working closely to them and shaming them and we bought a uh, license and told them yeah. that now we're taking your license and we're putting it available for mm. the world online. They become angry? Uh, yes <laughs> and no. We, we were in pretty, we had a good contact with, with the statisticians okay so they knew what we were doing we were yeah. talking to their boss they knew what we were doing and they wanted to buy our interface to own it and uh, we said you can't do that because okay. we want the data yeah. to be free right yeah, yeah. Uh, so at the point they said we're gonna sue you and we said mm. yes do really yes but they didn't because <laughs> <laughs> i mean we were such that would that would be very bad publicity i think yeah like How for a the huge, reputation like, the, the huge world bank yeah. is sort of smashing mm -mm. A, a, a pretty tiny non-profit <laughs> in Sweden for sharing data that should be free. That's you know? true. So, yeah, yeah. No, they, they didn't. So, so it, it, it was, I mean, we were stubborn and nasty, but it was in a good collaboration as well. Yeah. Because it was something that had to change and they sort of knew it mm. and we were just nagging and, exactly. you know. <laughs> <laughs> but who, who financed your project? Because like, yeah, did you, who, who was your client? Yeah, I don't know if you would say client as we have been a, a foundation all the time. Yeah, uh, uh, but, okay. But so it's rather that we have we have been working with grant funding. Yeah, from so we apply for funding from mm. different sources. Okay. And it, it um, in the beginning it was uh, we got from uh, world. Uh, WHO. Yeah. Uh, we did. We, we worked with them, and you could say it was like projects, right? So, yeah. So in yeah. that sense, you're right. Mm. Uh, and then it has been from SIDA, the Swedish aid agency, for a while. Yeah. And then uh, it has been from IKEA Foundation, and you know other yeah. sources like uh, different kinds of foundations where mm. you can apply for grants yeah, to yeah, yeah. to develop your project. Is it still the same now? Um. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's uh if you're if you ask if it's a very uh if it's a working and very um wonderful world we live in, I would say no, it's it's a it's bit not, uh... it's a bit uh, tricky to 
to get that to work well. But I, I would say we have been fortunate to actually, I mean, we have applied for grants to do the projects we dream about. Yeah. And we get the funding that might be for two years or three mm. years. But it is to develop the project we believe you, in. It's not. Uh, you you it's don't very get the pro Yeah. It's it's not a consultancy in the sense that they are working on something and we no, go in. No. It's more that you would, we present the project. You create. Yeah. Yes, that we that we don't have the funding for, mm. and hopefully we can get yeah. a few sources to actually. Uh, Sponsor is the wrong word because it's Maybe not like sponsorship. Fi fin finance? Finance, finance yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. But but how much money are we talking about? Is it like big money or no? Big money would have been wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but you could say, I mean, uh, it has been, as we are a foundation, mm -hmm. uh, we're not going for profit, right? No. So, but, but we have managed over the years to have uh, enough resources to, to develop at least parts of what we of course, want, yeah. wanted to develop yeah. and uh, to have a, a small staff mm. helping us and actually also being uh, able to get some of, of the consultants we need. We have a network of consultants you. as well. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, looking backwards, I'm, I'm very uh, humble and fortunate that we got the chance. Mm. Looking forward, this year, like every other year, it's like always a, a constant... Uh, struggle trying to think how how to how to solve the coming yeah like three to five years ah, but okay. i mean i think the reason we uh we managed to survive mm -hmm. in that very open space in a way is probably because uh, both me and ola's um, main intent as young was to to work as artists and i mean then you don't expect any funding at any time. Exactly, you have so, this mindset. <laughs> yes, so yeah. I think we have a, I think we have a high uh, tolerance mm. of risk in yeah. that sense. Yeah. Uh, and as we've been working with this for so many years, I think we also have shown that we, we tend to continue. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you remember like the highest fund you 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 got? Something that was super big, and you'd be like, wow. No, I I, I would say. Or, or, or I mean like this, I mean, if you're going to fund uh, a, a whole, um, an whole uh, if you fund an organization, yeah. of course, it requires uh, mm. cash yeah. in a sense, right? Of course. And if you, if you compare uh, what an organization needs to what you need as an individual, in the beginning, I would say it looked huge. Mm. So the first two years, I think we had a, a grant funding from the WHO that was of maybe, if I remember right, let's say it was like, I don't know, if it was 50,000 or 100,000 mm. Swedish kronas. Okay, not... Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, we worked, <laughs> and we worked on that money for like several years, what? day and night, seven days a week. And we thought it was like huge. Yeah, it yeah. was so much money. Uh, but then as as we become older and yeah. we, we, we have had... we. As having employees, mm. I mean, you start realizing that a person a year yeah, has yeah. a certain cost, and yeah. that is way beyond. It's true. So, I mean, <laughs> in this, uh, when you're early on and you start something, yeah. then you, I, I think you can do it for no money for exactly extensive hours mm. for a very mm. long period of time. But as soon as you you start need start to need uh, mm. other people to join, yeah. 
they, then you need. They would usually demand some kind of security, even if we can't promise something exactly. well paid or, or over a huge period of time, we still need to something have some to certainty. So, yeah. that, so I would say in that sense, I, I think we have managed to be a pretty normal organization over mm. these years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So how many people are you now? I think we're seven. Seven, let's say yeah. around... I have to count, <laughs> but, but, but I, I think so. Yeah, like yeah. with with what skills or like responsibilities? Uh, that has actually changed a bit over time. Mm-hmm. You could say historically, when we started, uh, we were almost on, we only hired uh, software developers okay. at the time, mm. and me and Ula was sort of doing the. We were inventing things, and uh, Ula was also writing code, actually. Okay. Uh, and then we, uh, yeah, so we were sort of managing and defining what to work on, but it was mainly software hmm. development yeah. at that p- point in time. And then gradually over time, we have now come to a phase where we are hoping that we are more and more uh, trying to find ways of using the materials that we have invented okay. and, and finding h- how we can put it at use mm. to bigger audiences. Because now we have, we have uh, uh, followers who are using our materials, which is free for teachers to use so, yeah. or, or anyone. Yeah. Uh, so we have people who, who keeps using it. Using them, yeah. But I think we could... Uh, work more on uh, finding ways to make it more meaningful to them. Mm. We sort of leave them with visualizations they can <laughs> use freely, but they need to find why they should use yeah. it, what it tells them, exactly. and the way in. What's in it for them? Yeah. So yeah. now, now we are much more. We have uh, actually only one uh, developer left mm. at this point, and we have as uh, our our staff has gradually. Uh, evolved, so we we hope that we are working more on the um, the outreach and the how we can build learning experiences yeah. using them as parts. As part, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. so we more more moving towards an educational purpose, purpose, mm. and uh, hoping that we should not build as much software. Yeah, yeah. Not sure we can. Uh, we can stay away from it because it's pretty neat to mm, exactly. invent like visual things yeah, yeah. that are scalable. Yeah. But we try. You try. <laughs> and then, uh, Anna, why should we trust you? I mean, yeah. you're also an, 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 you're also people. You also sure. have like some kind of agenda, but why should we trust you? Like you, the way you collect data, the way you presented, uh, and so on. Um, that I, Good question. Uh, I I think uh, to start with, uh, most of the data we use, uh, we use uh, the sort of big reliable reliable sources that uh, most researchers would agree would be the non-controversial ones. Yeah. So we try. Th- therefore, I think a, a few people might be frustrated that we are not. Uh, so much into the debate about the hottest topics in the moment, we are more interested in how can we get the dull, uh, long-term data that is not as hot? How can we get that into the debate so we have something behind 
uh, behind our like yeah, yeah. more activist driven minds mm-hmm. uh, to put it in a context. Yeah. And we are producing pretty little data ourselves. So we use the data from the World Bank, the data from the UN. And uh, I mean, to be to be frank, it's even that is also, of course, varying in quality. So we try to stay away from the portions that where where we hear there is a academic debate about the quality of the yeah. data. But but I think also you should remember that people tend to be either pro or against data. Uh, but to understand what's happening in the world, we have to use the data that is the best available, yeah. but it will never be perfect. Mm-hmm. So so I think it's all about uh, it's all about finding the data that is the the best one we have and always keep in mind that it will not be perfect. But it might give us a a context and a guide. And I think a lot of the data that we work with is, um, I mean, it's pretty easy in a sense because it's the time series that researchers have had pretty many years Mm. refining and and, refining finalizing and you know yeah. make it even better mm. while if you're in the in the front looking at the current data that is just now being produced then it's a bit more shaky Still, because then um, you have the the academic struggle as well where you have where where the researchers are still debating which is the which is the method we should use yeah. and they are competing on that mm. and that is harder but because then you don't really know where it's going to Exactly, and end up. how much is it trustful and so on. Yeah. But does it mean like you're you're not really in the same, you're a bit back or no? If you understand me. Like um, you're, you're, you're taking the data, or no, it's not really, because I'm thinking like they're, the new data or the, there are debate about the method and mm, so on. Mm. But for you, it's more like uh, trustful to have the data with it. I, I would say... One of the main reasons that we focus on the historical data mm. mainly yeah. is because we have found that people have a hard time understanding what has happened, the big pictures. Yeah. And we have focused on that mm. where we have time series so that we can see what is happening over time yeah. and and get the today into a context. Mm-hmm. So we have ended up working on those time yeah. series uh. and they are usually... Uh, they are usually not like ultra fresh. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like milk. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They are already old when we get them. Mm-hmm. But someone has to care for that data too. Yeah, yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand. But again, to the, to the question of 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 why should we trust what you produce? Yeah. When you when you with the team decide about what you want to show to the world, mm-hmm. what is behind it? How do you make yeah. your decision about, okay, now we're going to show like the poverty, children's uh, age, and I don't know, something more. I mean, of course, as we are also humans, you will always have selections for being sure. done. For sure. uh, we try to be pretty data-driven in that too. Uh, and a lot of the things we have focused on, uh, or, or the thing that gets us passionate is mm. when, when there is a, a clear trend uh, in the data and it's obvious that people tend to not understand it or they are ignorant about it and you can hear it in how they are reasoning that most likely they didn't they have no clue mm. then 
uh, I would say, then it has been a, a big uh, passion for us, trying to figure out how can we get those people to at least get a glimpse of what has happened, because maybe that might influence how they are talking about the world, for instance. Yeah. Uh, to give an example, you hear all the time people talking about a divided world. Mm. You have the poor and the rich. Yeah. And they tend to forget the 80% in the middle. And how mm. can you how can you plan for a future or understand today if you're totally wrong about what the world looks like or how it developed there? Mm. So we try I would say we try to fill those gaps yeah. in people's thinking. Mm. And what has happened when we try to do that is that we realize that our biggest hurdle is that most people think that they understand what the world looks like. So why would they learn something? Because they already know it. Yeah, exactly. That's when, when we started testing people with fact questions mm. so that we could, we could see that most, most often in general public and expert communities, people tend to be wrong wow. about the world, even if they are highly educated and very smart. Still. Yes. Mm. So, so we try to, to get them to understand that because we hope that that will give uh, at least a, a small window for uh, humility and uh, curiosity yeah. and realizing that maybe we make better decisions if we, we at know. least know that we yeah. usually are wrong about the world around us. True. So that, then we have started testing mm. on a big s systematic scale. Okay. And the test questions we have developed, we take from big organization, from the kinds of reports that we mm, were talking yeah. about earlier. And then we test. And if we see that people are totally wrong, we, we do ABC questions. Mm. And if we see that people are totally wrong about something that is central within that topic, then, then we continue and we, we retest and rephrase and mm, continue to work mm, on that question. Okay. And we go back to, uh, hopefully... To at least two, but sometimes three or four uh, researchers in the field mm. and ask them, do you agree with this data? Do you agree with the way we presented mm. the question? Okay. Is this reliable? Yeah. Could, could you say that this is sort of correct? I mean, it's not 100% and we round numbers, but would they say it's, it's yeah, a reasonable yeah, yeah, way yeah. of doing it? And sometimes they don't agree. And then we rephrase or we realize it's a hot topic <laughs> or... Something is yeah, wrong with yeah. the data or the quality of the data is bad. And then we drop that question. It's a very long, pro a yes. complex process as well. I didn't know it's like this. It is. So we are, we are working pretty hard, actually, trying to yeah. make sure that we not, not just trust the data because it has a stamp from a big exactly. organization. A double we check. also double check yeah. with external researchers to see, would you use this number? Ah. Uh, and why, don't, why would you trust it? Or yeah. Why wouldn't you? Wow. Yeah. So we have an extensive uh, backlog yeah. of uh, <laughs> research comments on each and every question. Yeah. And that's why, actually, we have asked around 10,000 unique fact questions in different topics. Mm. Uh, but we don't. We haven't published as many because yeah. we. It's a pretty slow process to actually fact check them and make sure that we are not making a mistake. I understand. And the research community, at least a handful of researchers, mm. would agree that this is a reasonable way of yeah. reasonable way of phrasing their it's expertise. Very, yeah, and and I know it's very tough to get an okay or green light from a researcher. 
Like it's not that yes. easy. As yes. <laughs> and then I would say from a researcher is easier, I guess, than from Ula, my husband. <laughs> so most of the most of the material actually gets uh, well, stopped on the way, actually. But why why Ula? What is his? Uh... <laughs> I I think it's because it's a very um, as we are talking about uh, the importance of being fact based. Mm. It's very embarrassing if we are wrong. That's true. I mean, true. we can't That's be that. True. That's true. <laughs> so therefore, we we have an extensive process. I mean, we, of course, we're humans. We can be wrong as well sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, we, we can't avoid that. But we could at Still. least try mm. yeah, <laughs> to yeah. avoid it as much as possible. So it's it's a lot of information that gets stopped. Yeah. That is actually cleared throughout the big organizations as reliable uh, data. And we are still yeah, not yeah, using it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But why, why there is so much misconception? Like, what are the reasons that we people think like this with all the reports, data around us and so on? So I, I think it might be different reasons for the expert community in the topic and for the general public. Yeah. So if we start with the general public, I think we learn in school snippets about the world around us. And it's very, sitting here in Sweden, I would say the... The things we learn is very Sweden-centric. Uh, so it's, it's uh, quite a lot about Sweden. Yeah. And then we get some, a few, a few uh, uh, bits and pieces from other parts of the world. Mm. But it's not really representative to where people actually live or, you know. Yeah. So it's a skewed world we get to start with okay. in our brains. And then we stop learning about the world. But we keep, I think we keep remember what we learned at school. And For the sure. world changes, which makes what we learned in school not as relevant like anymore. like outdated. Yes, it, it gets outdated. So that, I think, is one thing. And then we, we uh, what, what we get, the information we get in about what's happening in the world right now will mm. be what we hear from friends and in news and so forth. And usually what we hear then would be what is uh, horrific and scary and dangerous, mm. which we, of course, should hear about. But we seldom hear about the slow, positive trends that are happening at the same time in many places. Mm. So it's like um, where we live, we we get all the the details about every single, you know, if it's a cute dog or a... a a senior dance in the neighborhood we know about it yeah but if it's something that is uh, from another continent then we will only hear about it if it's if it's uh, dangerous and scary exactly uh, so i think it it creates a very pessimistic worldview mm. uh where we i mean of course a lot of things are problematic and like going this, bad yeah but looking at the at the data for the human development, we can see a lot has actually happened the the past hundred and two hundred years. Amazing mm. uh, positive change. Yeah, where kids start to go to school and they are not dying as much as they used to, and fewer die from natural disasters. And we have a lot of these very positive things that are happening, mm. but we hear only about the the, the incidents yeah. when it's going bad. So that I think for the general public. Mm. When it comes to the expert community, sometimes they are even more wrong about their own topic than really? the general public, which is pretty interesting, right? But wait, tell me, like when you say expert, what do you mean? Like people working with this top with like these topics or mm -hmm. okay. So I mean if we let's take maybe architecture or food, food. Yeah, let's take food. So if you would uh, if you would talk to an audience uh, that are totally into 
food questions, there is a likeliness that they will be even more pessimistic about what's happening in their field. And the reason for that, we believe, would mm. be that the reason you started working there is because you care so much. Yeah. So you're so interested, so you get even more than the general public. You hear every single problem in the area, and you think about those problems all the time. Ah. So I think they they might grow in mm. your head. Mm. The importance of, of your uh, specific interest will, like, grow. So, I mean, even if... Even if um, if you're super passionate about a certain kind of crop, maybe for food, then you might be perfectly right about the exact trend for that crop. Because that you know, because it's your expertise. Yeah, yeah. But the whole field, what's happening with crops overall, or what's mm. happening to, to food provision uh, for humankind, then it's likely that you will be more negative than others because you can you know about a lot of more problems, problems. Oh. than the general public knows yeah and and it seems like our brains are pretty bad at remembering positive flow trends because it's okay. boring i guess so we, I <laughs> yeah mean, there's we're not driven... like there's not so much drama no, actually. <laughs> exactly i mean we're driven by by an interest of dramatic stories yeah so i think even if we get, get the data correct mm. Paying attention and remembering it. Why would we? Because our brain, I think, sorted out this boring, boring. And then you you get some juicy piece (laughs) and then you will remember that, even though it might not be a good guide for understanding the topic. But our brains are sorting for us, Uh I I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. But this is very crazy that the expert might be more wrong than the the general public. Isn't it interesting? Yeah. And, And getting... And I mean, yeah, if you start to think about it mm. al- almost philosophically, it's very interesting. What, course, what, yeah. what are the consequences then if mm. uh, most of us are wrong about the world we live in and, and the experts are also wrong about the world they live in and sometimes even more wrong? Well, I mean, that's then, a very, <laughs> then, then very the, the interesting end, thought, the right? The end is near. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, I think it's interesting. So, yeah, right. So it's... Uh, and, and 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 it's not i don't think this is something new like no like now this has happened i think this is how how our thinking is wired mm. and i think when we when we theoretically think about knowledge we tend to think that we are very uh good at sorting information and oh. using information and finding information and keeping it in our <laughs> brains but i think in reality we are much more driven by uh, by interests and storytelling, yeah, yeah. and we get deluded even if we have. I mean, even if we have the capacity of uh, understanding, mm-hmm. and we are smart, yeah, yeah. Still, exactly. it's a risk that yeah. we get deluded. Are, are are there some like specific uh, topics that people have like so big misconception consumption about this? From from the testing we have done, yeah, uh, I would say or that maybe maybe tell me the story. How do you change this? Like, how do you change the misconceptions that we have? How we would change yeah. it? Yeah, how do you change it? Because you have the 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 world you were upgrader. Yeah, I mean, I would say we we are in a constant struggle trying to figure out how okay. we can change it. I'm not sure <laughs> that we <laughs> that we manage as much as we should, but mm. uh, I think. Number one must be to make people 
aware mm. that they are actually wrong. Because if you think you're right, there is no reason to change or upgrade your information. No. Because you think you're already set and you have limited interest and you have limited time. So why would you spend it on something you already know? True. Waste of time. So, so the starting point must be to have people realize that what if you, just like the rest of us, mm. are wrong about the world around you? Then maybe it might be worth some, something for you and your colleagues to double check information yeah. before making decisions. And maybe hopefully we can gradually foster a better way of using data. Mm. Uh, but I, I would say I'm, I'm here I'm pretty humble. So I think what we have done so far is that we have managed to pinpoint uh, a problem that no one really talks about because I, I think maybe that's the strength of being a, an independent foundation because we, uh, everyone else, have a certain agenda, what yeah. they need to communicate, and they don't have time for this. Mm, true. Because this is sort of just... Uh, destroying the foundation they they stand on. <laughs> mm, that's true. That's true. <laughs> In a sense, yeah. And we're we're asking an, a different kind of questions. Mm. So I think, in that sense, I think we might be needed to to pinpoint that maybe the whole foundation is wrong. Okay, I, I mean, yeah. not the gap mind of foundation, no, 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 but sort no, of like, the ground we're yes, standing yes, on. Yes, yes. Uh, but to really, really change it, I think that is actually a bigger. Process and that cannot be something we do at Gapminder yeah. alone because that would be ridiculous to think. But we might maybe can be part. We can maybe, or what we hope to be is, yeah. uh, uh, starting a movement maybe mm -hmm. a slow mm -hmm. change where we can see that more and more people realize and remember mm. that it might be worth to check data. When we started Gapminder, then the data was not available freely online. So yeah. then we had that problem. Now the data is available freely online, mm. but people don't really use it that much. Mm. So now it's a question, how do we make sure that people are starting to get sound uh, methods of actually using data in their work? And I think it's very easy that you very common that we, we look for the data that is uh, on the exact topic we're working on, yeah. but we forget to look at the big picture and exactly. the context. Mm. So that is something I think we'll have to evolve into education. Mm. We have to teach young people how to be data literate and use data in their decision making. It, may, it's, it might be more important than than math skills to actually understand how mm. you should use data. the data you have around you to make wise decisions. Mm -hmm. And I think that cannot be something that we do mm. only, but we can at least continue to pinpoint that that process might be needed and we have to, we can continue to make small efforts trying to show ways we think could be yeah. reasonable. Yeah. I mean, so, so the good thing being a small foundation is that we, we can experiment and we can point at mm. things we think should be done at a bigger scale. Exactly. But we don't have the muscles to, to really change, change yeah, things yeah, in, the, in that sense. I understand. Because I think this is like a, 
Uh, it has to be changed over a generation, maybe. I, I mean, so. I don't think it's a, it's a also quick big, thing. Big systems involved in this. It's not like you cannot change it by night. Yeah, I, I think that would be naive. But I think it's worth to speed up the process by continue to yeah, yeah. to comment and and make people aware. That yeah, yeah. Remember now Remind that most them. likely you're wrong. Yeah. And hopefully we can get the the ball. Uh, rolling exactly. a little bit faster, yeah, yeah. but it's a slow it's, process. It, it is, it is, it yeah. is. And and tell me about like the story of like um, monkey being smarter than us. Like yeah. how? <laughs> because I listen to you, you you have a very inspiring presentations, and always like it's fun to listen to you because especially the moment you tell, ah, oh, but monkeys are, are smarter than us human. So yeah, what so... is what is behind this? Yeah, monkey? I mean. <laughs> So the whole monkey thing, I mean, it's it's just a way of talking about uh, random, mm. right? Uh, because in our questions, uh, all the questions are ABC questions. You send the question to to ask people questions. Yes. I, I we ask fact questions. If we if we lecture, we ask the audience, yeah. or if we uh, for our own internal research, we send out the uh, polling institutes yeah. to the general public. And all our questions follow the same uh, pattern. So they are a question and then an ABC alternative. Three alternatives. Three alternatives. Yeah, yeah. And what we say then is that when humans pick mm. among these ABC questions on each and every question, mm. usually they get a worse score than the monkey would. And that might sound strange. But yeah. the, the reasoning here is if you present a monkey... With mm. the same question, the monkey cannot read, no. and the monkey cannot make a wise decision, right? No. Because it it will pick A, B, or C, like, like ran random. Yeah, random. It will pick one of them, right? Yeah. Uh, but it seems like humans systematically pick in in the in a similar way, mm. and we have tested in thirty nine countries, I think, or or some questions even more, right? But but thirty nine countries. Uh, and and what we see is that this pattern is pretty, uh, pretty much the same in many places. Wow. Uh, and and humans systematically uh, pick alternatives that are, when it comes to human development that makes you they are more pessimistic about human development mm. than what is has actually happened. Okay. Uh, while the monkey would be ignorant about that because it doesn't really <laughs> care, right? True. <laughs> because it doesn't know what it picks. Yeah. So that is sort of the comparison. Yeah. So what we see is that so in that sense, we, we usually um, talk about humans uh, performing worse than a chimp on our tests. Wow. But the good news is that those humans can easily learn. The yeah. chimp couldn't. They will so say I mean, like we this. Are, yeah, yeah, so we are smarter, yeah. but we perform worse. <laughs> and we need to be aware of that. And mm. the good news is that it's pretty easy to upgrade our knowledge. We can learn. We can learn. I mean, it's a, it's a quick thing. It's yeah, not. Yeah. This is not rocket science information that we present, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for a human, that's a pretty easy process. Yeah. So what we have developed there is a, is a tool online where people can go and test themselves on different topics mm. so that they can continue to upgrade. Yeah. It's, it's the whole idea. But, yeah. but we're early on and we're testing the concepts but but that is so that we our intention is to share the the insights that we have gotten to mm. the yeah so everyone else can use them too so you send the questions to to the general public right just mm. to see how much misconsumption uh, mm. about different topics 
Yeah, but uh, yes, one question at a time, yeah. right? So can, we, can you tell us like um, an example of a question? Um, yes, I'm just thinking if I remember. I, can I double check? Of course, uh, just to pick uh, like a random question. Yes. So I, then I, I actually go here because just so I don't rephrase something, <laughs> so it becomes like totally ridiculous. Yeah. So then I just go here. So it could be, no, then I don't have any internet because I'm in flight mode. Okay. No, but it could be a question about uh, what happened to, uh, how many people live in, uh, how big uh, percent of the popula world population live in low-income countries today. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then it, you can get options. three different options yeah. with different percentages. And they could be, in that question, I think then we first phrase how many used to live back in you know and then we give a time unit uh, earlier on so you can see this is what it used to be yeah and then now do you think so basically the a b and c mm. has it increased a little has it increased a lot or has it decreased you yeah, know so you yeah. can get a sense without really knowing mm. so that uh, we can see how you think what is the direction where you're going exactly. is it like uh, becoming worse or better or mm stay the same right uh, uh. so very many of our alternatives a b and c are getting better stay the same or getting worse, or worse. that yeah. is a pretty common one yeah. um so that we can see how the thinking is going actually when we start testing the question first we give many more alternatives mm -hmm. so we can see we do first do some tests yeah testing so we can see where the questions end up uh, or wh where people are yeah uh, asking so that we can make the spread of the ABCs more relevant. Okay, so cool, yeah, cool. it's a whole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a methodology behind yes, it. Yeah. Yes. So is is there like are there specific topics that we really have no idea about? How is it going or in which direction? I you have some like in mind. I, I yeah. I mean, overall, mm. you could say everything that comes that goes for human development, time which trends. Like, it could be like how many percent has access to safe water today? Uh, how many kids go to school? Uh, vaccine. Vaccines. How many um, uh, children survive? Yeah, um, yeah. How many women uh, has a position in parliament? Mm. All those things where we we know there is a we live in an unequal world uh, with a lot of inequality. Mm. We tend to overestimate uh, the amount of people who lacks access to sort of basic ah. basic services yeah. uh, so that is one thing mm. and we, we we haven't really realized that things are slowly getting better in many ways mm. that's not to say that it's getting better for all people or it's mm. that it's getting better fast or yeah. fast enough mm. but still you have a a lot of a lot somehow. of positive trends that mm. people are not aware aware of, mm. and then it seems like people are also overestimating new technology and you know future solutions. Uh, or, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Solar power and all these everything that smart. is uh, everything that is smart <laughs> and new and fancy and AI mm, or mm. you know very cool and hype. Yeah, uh, those areas people tend to overestimate uh, the how. How much is in use? How uh, big portion of all electricity mm. is some kind of 
modern, green, you know, those kinds of yeah. questions. And I think that is because we're talking so much about the alternatives that we need to change to. So in people's minds, it sort of grows. So we think we have come further than we actually have uh, in many cases. So reality is something else. We are not like that far. Yeah. So, so I would say that is, in that sense, that is a, uh, an opposite trend. Yeah. So people overestimate how 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 many people in the world have access to you know high tech technology, mm. but they underestimate how many have access to you know very basic yeah. uh, schooling, for instance. Yeah. So I would say everything hip and cool and high tech and modern and new and future, we seem to overestimate how how. I mean, how far we, how far along we have implemented the use of it. Yeah, and everything that is uh, like very basic, <laughs> dull, boring, um, you know. Yeah, I don't know sanitation or mm -mm, exactly. You know, yeah, that we we underestimate mm. how far along. It's a lot of uh, media here. I th I see like a brainwashing in a different uh, ways. Yeah, I think so. I mm. I mean. I think we we need to to follow the media. We need to see what's happening around yeah. us. I think that is important. But I think we need to uh, compensate also. the way our brains are mm. absorbing this information by actually constantly reminding us yeah. that we have a silly, pretty skewed way mm. of understanding and using that information. Yeah. So I think... I can get frustrated sometimes when I when I hear people talk about you know fake news and the media is bad and they mm -hmm. the news try to distort and mm -hmm. so on. I mean news just as I said about data earlier that the the data we have to understand the trends in the yeah. world it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. The news can never be perfect either because they are about to present something that is happening in the moment pretty hard to get a hundred yeah. percent accurate picture and they they try <laughs> mm. and they have limited funding and you have of all course. these different problems yeah, yeah. so i think we shouldn't spend so much time uh shooting down what they are doing saying they are trying to brainwash fool us or brainwash or, yeah, us yeah. or so i think they are trying most of them trying their best to deliver a message yeah. to deliver messages in yeah. a in a very hard environment mm. i think we should maybe uh take our part of the responsibility saying even when they are doing their best yeah even when they are communicating information to us that that it is relevant which quite a lot of it is mm -hmm. it seems like we are still interpreting it in it it's in a way yeah. that skews it at least over time in our brains and maybe we can do some small steps on our side to yeah. actually make sure that when we receive the information that we compensate for you know like reading more or checking more facts yeah. and, and uh, different yes. sources I, th I think so yeah and i think we should but we need to be uh kind to ourselves and 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 find figuring out ways of doing that that is not as time consuming because as, also, as soon as yeah. we try to yeah. go um to add too much in that then we just area, leave it. then people will not do it at all. True, true. So we have to figure out yeah. what is the the least amount of uh, fact based worldview we we need to yeah. make decent decisions. True, and we have maybe have to think that that's maybe good enough. Yeah. So blaming the media is not uh, 
how to say, it's not an excuse that, ah, oh, but it's education, it's media, yeah, they brainwash us. We should also be part of, of this, be part of this and be an active part and make a decision and, and do our homework as well, not only just waiting for one source I, I and think, that's it. I think so. Mm. I, and I, I, I mean, that's, that's the boring message that it seems like we have to do something as well. <laughs> So, but but I I think you should never trust anyone hundred percent, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Even if that person have the 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 most perfect intentions, I mean that person can be wrong as well. So True. I mean we have to we have to find ways of double checking information. Yeah. Before making decisions that might depend on that information. Yeah. So what do you think now with the chat GPT? That uh, I think you have an interesting point of view. I'm not sure if I have an interesting point of view. Tell usually, me. usually I think I have to say that people uh, quite often I, I have thought that people are overestimating how AI will take over and so forth. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> sometimes I think it's a little bit too much. I mean, it's it's super cool. A lot of a lot yeah. of the new technology can actually help us in quite good yeah, ways. Do a lot of very, the job. Yeah, and it's very interesting and very smart if we find ways of doing yeah. that right. But I, I'm I'm not so much driven by fear, thinking that it will take over completely and so mm. forth. But I but I do have to say I I, I tried the <laughs> the chat, the chat uh, <laughs> and I was actually surprisingly impressed. But in a good way, or yes. Oh wow! I what did you what did you write? I, I was I I started by 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 writing a few questions uh, that was pre, pre, I don't remember exactly what I asked yeah, but yeah. I, first I, I asked something that more work-wise to see what happened right <laughs> and then I got a a response that at least on the surface looked pretty relevant fine yeah so immediately I started writing more and more uh, you know longer and more complicated <laughs> and more ridiculous questions and, and things and statements to see yeah to find out where where's the limitations exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I ran into them quit pretty quickly and uh, I started to get responses like I can't answer that and uh, I have no idea and yeah, so yeah, yeah yeah um but I was actually pretty amazed that it it could mm. give so much back. So I, I have to admit that it sort of changed a little bit my thinking <laughs> because we have been saying all the time when it comes to the working gap minder, you, you have to, you have to go and find the data. You have yeah. to find yeah. the sources. Yeah. You have to do this and this More and this. More manual and, old school yes. way of doing it. Yes. Uh, and, most likely that will still be true in a sense. But mm. I mean, imagine if we train them yeah. to actually have, uh, if, if they have a decent, uh, if they have sort of whitelisted sources that we can rely on yeah, then, for a lot of answers yeah. that are relevant, then maybe we can start using them as more active partners when we are making decisions so mm. they can see uh, they, can collect. they can collect information from us maybe mm. and and sort of realize I, I would say the key point would be not what you are asking because we worked at google for a while okay. trying to mm. to implement the uh, searches of statistics and what i gradually started realizing was that when you ask a question mm. i mean you have already 
you have already you will ask something that you're already set the frame you yeah, know you, you already framed the question but yeah. what if the question is the wrong question i mean mm. you ask a question you get the response on your question yeah. and then you feel satisfied now i know what what it's all about but what if the question was the wrong one mm, then your so answer maybe maybe i mean if we think long term yeah maybe we can find a way where this new ai mm. can hear the relevant bits of information that we are missing to ask in the question somehow wow. i mean i but that would be like but but what if we could do that mm. because that we see that seems to be we seem to be pretty bad <laughs> at rethinking on that level yeah, yeah but yeah. maybe we could actually extend our thinking in a mm. in a way to actually yeah. see the the questions that should have been asked uh, so you want to take ai, AI one step back like to help us with the question or I kind have, of... I have no idea what I want to do with the AI, but I, but I, but I, but I, under, say, I understand I your see, point. I see that, I mean, when the limitation is how we are phrasing our questions, mm, mm. maybe we could find ways of getting help to phrase more relevant questions, yeah. which in itself is a, would be a, a quality learning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe that would improve the way we are thinking in a sense. Also, yeah. But 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 overall, so the the, the fast question uh, or the fast answer about AI would would be for me that I I think very often we overestimate what it could do and should do. Yeah. Because still we have an analytical power True. that they at least at this point i think they are lacking it exactly. they can they can mimic and they can repeat and they can find information but yeah. but but to analyze you would need something still, different still, uh. but as we have found when people are wrong about the world <laughs> that maybe we sh mm. we still can find ways of complementing i'm i'm not I sure i think i think this is this is the beginning and maybe in the future because now you can easily see not easy maybe you can see the text if it's generated from a machine or mm -hmm. from a person yeah you can clearly see it. Mm. But I think in the future, maybe they will learn how to talk like uh, people, like us people. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, also when we see uh, these uh, different kinds of AI-generated pictures. Exactly, yeah. That is also pretty interesting. I saw a few days back, I don't remember where I saw it, but, you know, party images of non-existing people <laughs> having a, you know, like a dorm party. yeah. And it's pretty interesting because they seem pretty accurate, mm. and it's people doing things in the moment. Yeah, yeah, so I yeah. mean, it is interesting. But I, but I think very often when we have a new technology coming, mm. people are getting afraid, and they think now everything exactly. will collapse, and you can start you can start cheating yeah, yeah, yeah. with these using these fake people or these fake statements. But I mean, you have always been able to to do things with whatever technology you, you had. Have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you're just about to write your messages into stone, you can still write a fake <laughs> message. I mean, and who would so it know? So doesn't matter what tool you you no. have. Yeah. I mean, you can do it faster now, but it's still <laughs> a matter of using the available technology. Yeah. And you, there will always be ways yeah. people can misuse yeah. it. Because in some countries now, um, the education department or ministry start to looking at how can they. Like block AI from uh, from school, or how can they f identify this is AI? Because uh, 
many start to talk about okay students can get their answers or projects from from uh, from the chat yeah so my question here to you because now you're also working with data now we have another easy source of data so um, what do you what is your reflection about this is there going to be even more misconsumption uh, can i don't know i mean it seems like humans are not very good at finding the right information and using it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. I, no, I, I have no idea. I mean, of course, it will change how you, as an, like an, uh, an educational institution, how you mm. need to check that your students is actually doing what they are supposed to, yeah. that they are doing the thinking, mm. that they are not just co copying from somewhere else. I mean, that will pr most likely affect yeah. How how they have to build mm. the control systems within the system, but I I don't think it will. I mean, it, it will not. I don't think it will change something fundamentally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you might need to find ways of compensating for that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it might be a way for people to find reliable information as well, and use. Now, today, you also have information available from a huge uh, amount of sources. And mm. some of them are crappy and some of them are not. Yeah. And that remains. And the, the AI might find the good one sometimes and the yeah. bad one yeah. sometimes. But it's, it's a similar process. Yeah. Right? Still, we cannot trust... So we still need to 100%. use our own brain yeah. to to <laughs> sort the same problem yeah. as always. Yeah. <laughs> Is this relevant or not? Or Is not. it correct or not? Mm -mm -mm. That remains. Yeah. So do you use AI now in, in Gapminder, like in your process or no? Uh, not that much. I would say uh, we actually had a, a couple of guys at, at our work trying to ask the fact questions mm. to AI okay. and see how they <laughs> how the AI would respond. Better than monkeys? Or? Uh, yes. Okay. It was actually better. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first test, but then after some rephrasing, it seemed uh, like yeah. so, so. It was a. Uh, I haven't really seen the results. I I just heard the rumors at yeah. work, right? <laughs> but it's pretty interesting to see how 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 they would um, respond. But um, I would say, for most of the work we are doing, I mean, we're using old-fashioned technology, mm. uh, old-fashioned data tables, and we are building uh, small pieces of infrastructure to make sure that the data continues to update uh, as it updates at the data sources. And yeah. we, we do some, some, some minor things, but I would say it's the, most of what we do is low-tech. But it's pretty interesting that the, the tool Dollar Street that we have developed Okay. Which is a huge image bank of uh, home doc documentations from all over the world on different income levels. Okay. Where we, in each and every home, we uh, we document the same items. Mm. So we look at what does a toilet look like at different incomes in different parts of the world and so forth. Yeah, yeah, you showed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and it's interesting because we developed that as a complement to the other kinds of visualizations mm. we had because we we felt that people are lacking an idea about everyday life for normal people mm. all over the world on different income levels. Because yeah. what we see in news is always the when when everyday life gets ruined for some reason. Yeah. But what is what's it what is the normal. Uh, 
a daily meal yeah. or a shower or a toilet or a toothbrush or whatever item, what does it look like at different income levels? And so we did it as an educational tool, but surprisingly, we have had different uh, people approach us from high-tech companies who wanted to use it for their AI to learn uh, to understand what a toilet can look like. Wow. So, so this is our, good. Yes, our project has been used uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> to try to teach Just, AI yeah. <laughs> to understand better than a, that, uh, for instance, a a toilet doesn't have to be a water closet, yeah. which is white and where you can flush mm, and, you know. That's true. It, you have a lot of different uh, yeah, yeah. looks. Yeah, yeah. So so that, I think, was unexpected, but pretty, right? pretty fun, yeah. <laughs> I imagine you, you became so happy, right? Yeah, pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> but, I mean, I wasn't very surprised because the result they got back after trying it out mm. on the AI was like, the AI couldn't recognize toilets on lower incomes. Ah. I mean... Of course, it yeah, wouldn't yeah, because yeah, it was yeah, because trained by just, looking at the same. Just show them one type of toilet, exactly, maybe exactly. the European one. Yeah, and it's like. the same if you if you Google, if we take toilet also, as an example, right? if you if you write mm. toilet in the search yeah, field, yeah, yeah. you will find the same kind, which usually is a very luxurious, uh, <laughs> a typical yeah. toilet as you would see it here, mm, but mm. a luxurious version of it. Yeah. While in reality, if you look at what humankind has, you would see a huge variety where you have one billion people still without the toilet at all. At all. Just going out using the bush or field or, you know. Yeah, nature. Yeah, nature. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, um, I think that is pretty interesting. Mm. How could they, because they were surprised that the AI couldn't recognize all Duh. these other... Like, <laughs> We knew that before AI <laughs> checked it because yeah. it was so obvious. How how would it be able to recognize exactly, it? Exactly, exactly. And Anna, yeah. what do you what do you think about like um, now on different social media, the algorithm shows you what you interested in only. Mm. Same thing with the Google. Like when you Google, you get things related to your location and so on. Mm. Um, what is your reflection about this? Like being in this bubble. I would say I'm a little bit double, of course. Uh, on one hand, it's very convenient mm. that you are actually being served things that you are more likely to enjoy yeah. than being served what, what, whatever Random. other yeah. people would have liked. Yeah. So, so in that sense, I'm pretty impressed that it's possible. Okay. <laughs> so I, I mean, on one hand, I'm pretty positive. Yeah. I mean, look back... Uh, when, uh, I don't know, go back 100 years, pretty hard to get information you're interested in <laughs> coming to you. Uh, you need on, to do a lot of work. Yes. Yeah. So, so, I mean, overall, I think it's pretty, pretty impressive. Mm. But, it, but it can also be a bit frustrating because if you're stuck in your own bubble yeah. without really thinking about a bubble, because you think you get a, a very world. a world, yeah, yeah, you get the world. Uh, of course, you you might become a little bit deluded by that, and it's pretty hard to step out of that, yeah, and uh, compensate by by doing other things. Then you have to do it so you ha really have to do it uh, intentionally and sort of add things to your bubble so to you fake mix, yeah. to <laughs> fake interests and friends to get a variety yeah, yeah. <laughs> to compensate yeah um and and uh, in one sense i think 
um, I think it's important to continue to talk to people that are outside of your bubble mm. and to keep family and friends, even if they are not sharing your ideas 100%. And especially the, the vivid ones who mm. are very outspoken, they might help you to make your bubble a little bit more sane <laughs> because you at least get some glimpses yeah. of other bubbles yeah, yeah, yeah. going on. I don't know. Yeah. So overall, uh, I mean, it, it is a problem. But I mean, if we, once again, if we go back 100 years ago, mm. people could not travel. They would not get any news reports from outside the village they were living in. No. Uh, they couldn't go. To, they didn't have access to libraries. Uh, only a few people could read and write. You had no television. You had no radio. I mean, you have a lot of things that you couldn't do. Exactly. So I think... Sometimes I think it's a little bit unfair, uh, the mm. shame the new technology gets, because mm. compared to what you could get before, yeah. it, I mean, it was nothing, yeah, 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 basically yeah. nothing. No, that's true. That's true. And now you can get, if, if something happens mm. in another part of the world, you can get visual mm. insights in a few seconds, in a few seconds yeah. from that place. And it's, I think it's, it gets harder and harder to be, if you're a dictator, I mean, even if you try to control your country strictly, there are so many there, other there ways. There are so many ways yeah. things can start to trickle out. Mm -hmm. So it's much harder to control. Yeah. That's a pretty cool thing. I, so, I, I, mean, I think it, so. The you have a lot of. Side, yeah. It's all the same thing with the media, what I mentioned before. Mm. Like, uh, I think it's easy should, to it make to be them hard scapegoats. On. Yeah, yeah. But I think we should also remember to celebrate that people are actually. Working, working hard to deliver something to deliver for us. something to me that I get mm. it within seconds. Yeah, that's and true. It's, it would be stupid of me to blame them for not giving me the complete picture yeah. and making sure it was hundred percent accurate yeah. when it's from the split moment Just when something now. is happening. Yeah, yeah. I think that that is almost rude. It's a good way of thinking. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand you because they are putting so much energy. Yeah, um, doesn't matter. Like, or we. We put away what agenda they want to push for, mm. but the still they put so much energy and resources to try to show us an image of what's happening in a yeah. completely other yeah, part of the planet. Yes, I think uh, yeah, and I think we should we, we should celebrate that that <laughs> is happening, mm. and that people are actually collecting data from yeah. all these places so we can get a at least a decent idea about what's going on. I think that's super important yeah. to be positive because it's. There are so many uh, people working uh, tirelessly in pretty hard conditions yeah. to make sure that that we get all this information available. And mm. I think we should we should continue, of course, to demand better information. We should be uh, we should be skeptical, and we should uh, work for transparency mm, mm, mm. and make sure that the data is free. A lot of things that yeah, are yeah. that has to come with it. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I think we should we should be careful to be too skeptical about the mm. the intent. Yeah. But we need to come. We cannot rely on the news only, and we cannot rely on our social media bubbles only. Mm -hmm. We need to compensate by actually looking at the data, and the data exists. Also, so we get a like a image covering different yes. parts of, of yes. the real image. Yeah. Uh. What 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 social media platforms do you use? Uh, use 
I would say I'm not using that many, actually. Okay. I know I should, but I don't. <laughs> so be real and uh, and Facebook at the moment. Ah, oh, you do be real. I like be. You real. like it? Yeah. Or or hate like. It's like a, a <laughs> double, a mixed feeling. It's the one like you, you need to make a picture. Yes. At the moment. Yes. I, I I really like that one. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, and Facebook, I I I mean. That was the first one I started with, yeah. and I'm still there. Yeah. And I use it uh, somewhat. Periodically, I, I go to Twitter, but not as much. Mm. Right now, I've been for a while in a phase where I, I have to say, I realize that I enjoy life almost more when I'm not as much. Me, uh, on social media? Yeah. Wow. So I... It's not the strict, I'm not against, I'm not, I understand uh, you, it's yeah. not a statement, but I, I, I realize if I can stay away from it, I'm, yeah. I think life yeah. is a little bit better. Yeah. And then I, I have Snap, I actually, I, 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 yeah. yeah, but my, my kids <laughs> got so irritated when I got it, so, <laughs> and TikTok, they were also yeah. like very against, uh, so I... Against I you sort, having a profile. Though. Yeah, so yeah. I sort of decided actually that I, <laughs> I shouldn't be there because only just they knowing that I'm there. Yeah, makes them feel like I'm there. Like Watch it's like them. a parental control okay. thing. So uh, I actually step out. Yeah, so okay. I, I keep with the the yeah. old fashioned uh, Instagram. <laughs> I'm also on, but I I'm not, I'm not using them that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty passive. How do you collect your data, like as a person, from, uh, from TV, from... I would say a combination maybe from TV, documentaries, news, uh, from uh, reading, mm. uh, books, now and then, <laughs> <laughs> and from uh, actually, quite a lot from actually checking uh, facts. From, from the bigger organizations, going there okay. and, and just glancing scrolling at the data, scrolling, saying, yes. Yeah. Or actually quite often actually going to our own website, <laughs> <laughs> controlling. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so that's, I would say that is, I guess, how I stay up to date. Yeah. I should probably upgrade much more as well. But I'm you're, also you're, just human, you know. You're so. just normal like us now. <laughs> I am, I am. I have always been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I thought so, you were going to tell me like, no, I do this, no, then no. I do this, no. then I have no. this tool. Now, I, and also, I think I piggyback on Ola quite a lot because he <laughs> he's a much more extensive reader and much more extensive uh, data uh, guy. Yeah, and he he starts talking mm -hmm. quite a lot about the data mm. that he walks around thinking about for real. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would say Ola is probably my main source for... <laughs> for, for uh... <laughs> so as long as he's not intentionally deluded me, yeah. I think I'm, I'm fine, you know? No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> Shout out to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm, yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. So we have, uh, as I told you before we start this uh, conversation, we have listeners from 140 countries mm. and cool. mostly working with... Um, city development, like urban planners, architects, real estate developers, and so on. So what should we stop doing when we develop a city? Now I'm talking just from 
yeah, I'm, this might sound uh, blunt, maybe, or, you know, mm. uh, naive. But I think very often, as soon as we start talking about projects for the future, yeah, I think it's very often very easy that we start to dream big mm. about super cool, high-tech, modern solutions. Uh, and we very often forget about the majority of humanity who would need decent, uh, pretty basic mm. uh, Service or... services and uh, apartments. Um, and that is not as fancy because I think everything that goes for planning the future, then you get visionaries who dream big yeah. about cool things like uh, new technology smart, house, smart houses smart street, and yeah cars yeah but i think what we what we actually need to do is make room for for the the big cities where we have a lot of a lot of uh, people who will move in how mm. will we make sure that we get the basic services in place so we have housing that is decent enough not cool, not fancy, just reasonable, uh, safe. Mm. Uh, and how we get sanitation and water and uh, schooling and health facilities with basic care, not the fancy one. How we get all that to come together to a reasonable price and how we get anyone to fund that. Mm. Because I think that is always the problem that the funding will go to the cool solutions yeah. for the, the ones who can pay and who want to enjoy the new high tech solutions, and then we tend to always forget uh, the ones who need mm. services and help, and um, and that we need to bring with us yeah. when we continue to expand. So I, that I would say, and in, in countries like Nigeria, where we will have a huge population coming, like a this massive new populations, how do we? make sure that we are focusing on helping them, ensuring and now building the infrastructure that they need to have in place so that they can mm. take care of all these, these people. Because if we don't, if we don't give, uh, give the poorest some decent living conditions, then not only is it in, inhumane mm. and I, I think not decent, I mean, but it's also, I would say, dangerous because you have a lot of frustrated poor people who who have nothing to lose mm. on actually trying to make life better because they are in, in in a very bad position so i think for for stability and world peace and uh, you know a future we can we can enjoy i think it's important to make sure that we try to bring those people with us mm. and it, that doesn't mean that they that we need to build like huge, super cool smart homes for mm -hmm. everyone, but at least you know, a roof, some walls, yeah, uh, some sanitation mm. that works would be a good starting point. So that I would say, yeah, looking at where people will be in the future, mm. and making sure that we put our efforts on uh, helping them. Exactly, like uh, leaving uh, no one behind. Yeah. Uh, instead of, of only focusing on only one group of people with money, uh, wealthy, healthy, uh, and forgetting about the others. Okay. Yeah, I mean, instead of 
I would say instead of dreaming about moving humanity to space, yeah, maybe we should dream of getting the Fixing. one the, the poorest uh. to actually get a at least the the basics in yeah. place. It doesn't mean they we have to maybe bring them all the way to like luxurious uh, hmm. lifestyles, but we have to make sure that they are at least the fundamental fun, or the, the fundamentals the, are in place and that yeah. their kids are not dying. Mm-hmm. It's interesting the uh, the aspect now of like uh, going to the moon, having uh, a city there as well. And mm. if you if we look back to planet uh, Earth, we have so many people like uh, living in the nature without a roof, as you mentioned. Yeah, I but, think. But but yeah. does it mean that we should stop dreaming, or should we dream in, in another way? I think we should continue to dream. I think that is the way forward. Mm. Of course, we should dream. But I think there is a risk nowadays when we have um, we have a very few people with a huge amount of money, yeah, uh, like super rich, and when they dream only about futuristic things, it, I I can be a little bit frustrated because they have uh, really the opportunities. To do something really good now, mm. um, so yeah. But so I'll so be. yeah. So what I take from you is that when still like as a, as a planners or working with mm-hmm. city developments, it's good that we have these big big visions. At the same time, we shouldn't leave people behind us and 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 be blind and don't look at them and don't think about them at all. No, and I I think that is the problem for the poorest because we know. I mean. Humanity knows how we can help them because it's not rocket it's ba- science. Very it's basic. very basic stuff. Very, very basic. It's basic infrastructure. It's pretty cheap to develop, mm-hmm. and it's it's not uh, it's not very hard, not very time consuming, not very expensive compared to a lot of other things. Yeah. But I think as people don't understand that human development has increased so much over time, I think they are overly pessimistic about our chances of of getting people out of poverty because it sounds unrealistic because they believe a bigger portion of humanity is actually living under much worse conditions than they are. Yeah. So I think if they knew that uh, human development has actually improved good, pretty good over time and it's uh, the extreme poverty uh, in uh, of humanity, it's actually very few people, or no, it's actually a lot of people still left in extreme poverty, mm. but it's a very small portion of the population as a whole. Yeah. And as we know how to to solve it, and it's not very expensive, why aren't we doing it? Exactly. Uh, and I think part of it is because it's more fascinating to think about visionary things about the future, mm. and we all love new cool apps and yeah, hope that they yeah. would solve things. <laughs> But these problems can be solved without any mm. new technology, any invention, because that's true. We don't need to innovate anything because mm. we know what needs to be done. Yeah, but it's yeah. not sexy. So, so our exactly, brains tend exactly. to we move like, to something mm, new and sexy. Mm. And that's very sad, actually. I remember I, w- I was at UNICEF Sweden uh, event last week, mm-hmm. and they mentioned that, like, I think it was ten euro, or, or, or I think ten euro that could be so much food for yeah. for a child, mm-hmm. and it's so crazy. Mm. It's really crazy, like how 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 little money can give so much back. 
Especially if you are in an organization that is huge so that you can scale and yeah. build and, and get things yeah. in huge volumes. Yeah. And I think that is also a thing that we, when we want to help, we want to we wanna know, uh, we want to give ourselves. We want to hold like yeah. the thing we give and preferably not money. We want to give a thing to a mm. human being and mm. see when they take it. But that is a very expensive way of uh, helping, distributing and helping people. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's quite often it's more effective if we have like bigger organization or tax funded yeah. investments where we do it at scale yeah. and help people building infrastructure for the future rather than getting, you know, a mm. pair of shoes in the wrong size True. from someone, even yeah. if it's a kind gift. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So what and, and what skills should we learn as as a planners working with cities maybe develop I, or maybe yeah. something we have and we should develop or something completely new that we should learn i think if we think about if we think about the the poor poor people mm. on earth i think what you need to do as planners for the future is to rely on what you already know mm. and to and and maybe find ways of being proud of doing low cost solutions for many okay even if they might not be as braggable in glossy magazines mm. and might <laughs> not take you as high up in the career on the yeah, career ladder yeah. because i guess it's easier to get traction and cool jobs if you do something completely some, new and yeah, flashy and yeah. yeah and then you out you of can, the box exactly which <laughs> is of course uh, also fun and, and yeah. should be done. Mm. But I would say if more people could uh, could stand up and do the low-tech solutions mm. that the world needs. Low-tech. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a kind of doesn't exist, you know, I always should be high-tech, green, yes. uh, green stuff. Yeah. It's and, more smart. Yeah. And, and for the absolute poorest, they don't even have to use as green technology as we do. Because they use so little technology, they, they use so little energy. Yeah. So even if they would use a dirty uh, energy, it's such a minor proportion compared mm -hmm. to what we use mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. So I think we have all these solutions that we could maybe even survive with low tech, low cost, even mm -hmm. non-fancy, non-modern solutions for the poorest so that they can start working on not having to spend all the time surviving, but yeah, actually can yeah, start expanding yeah, yeah. and getting a decent life. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they do, then we can work on yeah. sort of improving and making it greener and better. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's probably the right then to start because it's a forgotten, quite often a forgotten group. That's true. That's true. And and how, how can we get help of Gapminder? What can... Uh... We do there, check there, use the tool. I think what we can do is uh, hopefully give some kind of an overview here and there on the questions you haven't really asked. Mm. Looking at getting the bigger picture, yeah. either by looking using our um, our tools to to see the context mm. of the country or of the income group or whatever you are working on. That is one thing you can do, or you could uh, actually go and uh, look at the 
Uh, you can look at the Dollar Street project where we yeah, have pictures. actually visited households all over ah, the world and yeah, maybe yeah. Uh, get some inspiration because I hear too often that people confuse uh, income standards with culture. Mm. Like it's their culture. That's how they want to live. Ah. But if you look at the income levels, you can see that it seems like everyone on this income level seem to have the same type of solution for a toilet or cooking or maybe it's not culture maybe it's just uh, that the they are trying to yeah that they are doing the best they can mm. with the resources they have and universally there are a, a few standard solutions that you will do okay. and it's a standard steps when mm. you get more mm. money what will be the next thing you you upgrade yeah. in your home so maybe uh, m maybe getting the overview of what life is like yeah. might also help. So when you think about doing the non-fancy low-cost solutions for the poorest, mm -hmm. you can see that it's actually uh, pretty simple solutions that are needed. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. So before we move to the next part or the last part of this uh, episode, so what are the like uh, tools that we can uh, find on the homepage? Well, we I would say we have... Uh, we have three, three main categories yeah. of tools. Yeah. One is uh, that you can explore the data from, from big organizations uh, like UN and World Bank. And you can, you can see the, times, the time series and trends and see, uh, compare countries and so forth. Yeah. That is one thing. This is like the, that the, is the, the classic, gap minder tools, yeah, the classics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the photos of home, homes, which is the dollar street where you can explore living conditions for normal people all over the world on different income levels. Why you name it? What do you know? Dollar? Dollar Street. Why, why this name? Just because it's an income access, ah, fairly. Because okay. we think about the world as a street, mm. where the poorest live to the left and the richest to the ah, right, and the houses are ordered by income, income. which is like street numbers. Interesting. So it's like a, it's like a mental concept. Wow. And, yeah. Wow. So we call it dollar, dollar yeah. So you can go there and see that. <laughs> or you can go to the Worldview Upgrader where you can actually look, uh, test yourself yeah. and see if you're totally wrong about the world or not. Maybe you're not. Yeah. And then you're very unique and then you should celebrate. Uh, right. <laughs> or <laughs> if you're pretty bad, get, get bad results. Yeah. You shouldn't think that you're stupid and uh, very unusual. That is the common pattern we see yeah, and then yeah. you should just uh, i i think breathe in breathe out think Trade, i'm a yeah. i'm a classic human so <laughs> maybe i need to compensate for this somehow yeah. when i make decisions yeah. in life i love the test i did all of them um, you did yeah i wow. did all of them uh, mm -hmm. but i was not like the, the smart one <laughs> no no i mean no one is <laughs> i i don't remember like it was like 80 or something like this or no i'm wrong about like how, how, how many people that get same result like below the monkey or something like this do you have a number um like no no it was a specific it was like some specific questions when i answered wrong yeah they told me oh you're not alone because like 80 percent of yes, people yes, we ask exactly so so i would gave say the same wrong answer yeah so but on, it's a specific on, question to be clear now so on every yeah. question you have yeah. a specific number right yeah yeah exactly so i would say that uh, and we we don't we don't publish questions where people are usually right. 
because we don't think that is a... People know. It's no real point in that, right? So all of the questions are questions that we think are of importance and that people are usually getting wrong. Uh, so, so you will find questions where more than more than fifty percent get this wrong. question wrong. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, yeah. So let's see how you're doing. Yeah, and some of them are like questions where people like eighty-five mm. or ninety yeah, percent are, yeah. are actually usually wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, we we try to work on with those yeah. numbers. But mostly. it's really it's really great tool. I put I will mm. put the link. Uh, you can get certification. Mm-hmm. And it's super, it's very, very good. Yeah, so so that is probably what, what should be mentioned. So you can try the questions. Yeah. And then you when you try them, you will get a score. Yeah. For for like th- this quiz, you will get mm. the maybe four out of there were there were might have been nine questions yeah. and you scored correct on three of them. Then you can you can try yourself a few times mm. and relearn and finally hopefully learn. Then we have the certificate test, which is a time limited test where you ne- you get the same questions as you have been practicing yeah. but you need to answer all of them correct in, in a, a row time, yeah. and you have a time limit on each question yeah, and yeah. if you answer all of them correct in a row yeah. then you actually get a certificate that you can print and yes. and sort of compensate for the bad feeling yeah. you got in the beginning yeah. getting bad scores yeah i have 11 certificates wow. from the sdgs i did all of them wow uh, of course, I failed in every one of them, <laughs> but I like yeah. I did wrong, and then I went back, and mm-hmm. then I, I I studied this question, then yeah. I did the final quiz, and mm-hmm. I got it, and I downloaded it. I put it on my LinkedIn. It's super cool to have it. Also, like yeah. it's a very beautiful. The layout is amazing. Like you made oh. it so much. You put so much of gamific- gamification, so it's it's even cool to do it. It's not oh. like the super boring. Uh, Oh, questionary i'm glad to hear no that. really yeah. really you should you should be no i i, I was very surprised because mm-hmm. like when it comes to the big questions it's very boring layout mm-hmm. and complicated it's mm-hmm. like the 300 pages of report yeah but here uh, it was like a, a game i get stars i yeah. get diploma yeah. it's, it's yeah. super fun yeah i'm glad to hear yeah, yeah. we try to find a, a balance i mean it, yeah. it is very serious content it is but we have to find a way where you can survive <laughs> going through it yeah and and uh, i guess you can also see on all the phrasing of the questions we try to make the questions short Very and short. we try to use uh, everyday language not being too theoretical yeah so we try to make it useful yeah without you shouldn't have to 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 go to the library and sort of read exactly. all the definitions before you can answer yeah. you should be able to pretty intuitively get what it's all about. To comment about this part of like, it's very clear language, basic and short. I think the last two of the SDGs, I did it with my family. Mm -hmm. We did like a quiz at home Uh and we all fail, of course. (laughs) But then we we managed to get the diploma. So no, really good job. And all the tools are for free, right? Yes. Yes, yes. Interesting. And you should be very proud, Anna, and the team. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Yeah. But yeah, but I need to say then, I, I realize I said what you should do from our website, but I do actually think that most, you should probably read the book Factfulness that we wrote. 
Okay. That's probably step one. It's on the homepage as well? No. Huh. So that is a, you know, a physical like a, a book. book. A book, you know, I'm sorry, because I'm too much and... into the future now, <laughs> thinking AI. Yeah. And... yeah, we're trying to stay away from writing a book all the time because we were saying that, that today, why why a book when we can do tools online that you can explore for yeah, free? Yeah. But then with more and more frustration, we felt that we didn't, we didn't manage to get the whole picture clear for people. So then we wrote the book. And I do actually now, I have to admit that there was something with the format that actually made it, uh, we, we got pieces together in a okay. way we haven't done on the website. So maybe uh, reading the book would be... It's also a good idea. It's, it's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of it? Factfulness. Factfulness, Even yeah. though I, as a starting point, our whole intention was not to write a book. But when we did, I like, hmm, I, I, I see the point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's really good to mention. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So now we are in the, in the next part of the episode. It's going to be more uh, questions about you. Mm -hmm. So let's say, Anna... If you can choose to be something else than being a human and being Anna, what will you choose to be? You can choose anything. Um, a very good question. Uh, I think uh, we have four cats and one of our cats is a wild brain. <laughs> and right now I, he's, he's just one year old and right now I'm pretty fascinated with his brain. So maybe I would like to be... <laughs> A cat, if I could be like him, he's, yeah. a, he's, he's a weirdo <laughs> and uh, very hyperactive and yeah, yeah. strange. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the other three cats are like cats. No, normal. <laughs> and this cat is very strange and very energetic and playful. And yeah. uh, it seems pretty smart, yeah. but it's not really clear if he is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. So, so uh, yeah, maybe I would, would like to be him because he seems uh, like a... Happy spirit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In a way that I, I can enjoy. No, I, I, I have no idea what I would like to be, actually. Yeah. Um, I think I'm too... Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not very good at thinking about different dimension in that sense. I think okay. that's why I'm working with Thanks. passion with the things I do that most people would feel was not something to be passionate about. <laughs> Probably because I don't... <laughs> I don't think... Yeah. Like that. Uh, no. And in one hundred years from now, what would you love people to, to say about you when when they read your name or see your name? That's very interesting. I don't think I don't think I'm I'm not driven by that, I think. I think I would be a little bit embarrassed. <laughs> If they were, really? I, yeah, yeah. I, I never thought about like fame in that Being sense, on but uh, on no, stage but and... no. But I mean, if we could, if we could have changed, mm -hmm. some could have speeded up change so people make better decisions mm -hmm. and are nicer to each other and uh, um, think more about uh, about. The poor, for instance, mm. if that was something that that could be done, then I would, of course, be happy if I was associated with it. But I'm not driven by that. I think the most important is that I, I don't want to be remembered as uh, uh, egoistically career driven. Mm. I would say I, I think I would be, would like to be remembered by family and friends as. Well, 
one thing to go- to do good. I think yeah, that's that's yeah. enough. Um, I think yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Do you think people will Google your name, or how will they find your name in the future? I think I will be forgotten. I think they will have <laughs> other on, things to come do. On. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that they will. They will have. Uh, there will be other things to focus on. Hopefully, to care about, yeah, like, survive. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I never googled people hundred years ago. No. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I can't remember when I did that last time. Yeah, same here. Like, let me. I mean, I mean, I think we should be forgotten. We should we should make good impact while we're alive. Make yeah, sure that yeah, people yeah. make good decisions. Yeah. And if that can be be done, if I can have some positive effect, I'm happy. But mm. I I don't think I should have a name for that. Mm. No, I. Yeah, interesting. Because usually we uh, maybe we think a lot about the future and what's happening in the future. Mm-hmm. And we do everything for the future, but we kind of forget to do some impact now, now, now at the moment. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm more interested in that, mm. that we should. And, and let's say, let's say if I, if I would magically find a way where I could um, make a lot of, uh, a lot of poor people get yeah. a better life somehow, yeah. then I would prefer if they just got the better life mm. and it was not focused on me because otherwise it it I think it when it comes to doing good it very easily ends up in being a self-promoting uh, activity. Mm. Uh, so I would say that would be probably it would be good for my ego but I think it would most likely be a bad thing for the project. Mm. I understand. No, I'm I'm happy to to hear this answer from you like Thinking more about the people and putting them in the front, and not not only you, you. Yeah, I think I think too much work and academic work and uh, change processes yeah. are so focused on individuals mm. uh, and so much PR machinery lifting certain individuals. Yeah. So I yeah. think the world would be, yeah, not. Not going that direction, yeah. I think, could be I, a good I, thing. I got your point. And uh, tell, now, like, a question about leadership advice. So tell, tell me a story about a leadership advice that you, 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 you get in the past, and it was really good. And then tell me about another leadership advice that you got, but it was not really good, like, uh, it was a kind of bullshit. First one, a good leadership advice. Yeah. Uh, the one that's, that comes to mind was uh, pretty early on in our process. Uh, we have we have been starting to build our first visualizations with the bubbles and started to build uh, the first drafts of Dollar Street. Mm. Um, so it was it was pretty early. It was uh, not mature at all. And then we at the conference we ended up meeting with Alan Kay, which is one of these gurus who invented almost everything in Silicon Valley. Okay. The laptop and, you know, <laughs> a lot of uh, computer stuff, like a, yeah. a guru kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, we were standing talking to him and I didn't realize it was him because he was so humble ah. and so nice and so 
down to decent earth. Decent and down to earth. Yeah. So I think that is one thing that yeah. you can be one of the big shots and you can be a, a reasonable and a decent human being. That I think was very That's nice very, to meet. But yeah. he said early on, because we were talking uh, with him, that we need to, we want to show like the technology we're about to build here. We want someone else to build it for us. Someone okay. who is better at building mm. This kind of infrastructure. Do you have any advice? Mm. And the only thing he said was like, you can never, you cannot delegate this because it's your project. It's your passion. You have to do it. It's impossible to delegate. Wow. And we were frustrated when yeah. he said it. Like, ah, oh, so stupid. And why did e he say exactly. that? And, and he's, he's the pro. And why wouldn't he <laughs> give us an idea of yeah. where we should look or who we should talk to? And yeah. he was like, it never works to delegate. Mm. If you have a passionate idea like this, you have to do it yourself. Or it will not be done. This or it will it. be done in the wrong way. But it's, tr it's very true, right? Yeah. And and now afterwards, I have to... to now, n a lot of years have passed. <sighs> yeah. And I, I think he was totally right. Yeah. Because it's just, we did it ourselves. And uh, of course, we had uh, too limited funding. There was a lot of things we didn't know how to do. We lacked mm. the proper technology. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of limitations. But no one else would have built the tool that we were foreseeing. Exactly. Uh, so we had to build it. Mm. And we built it in a low-tech way. Yeah. But it has to be done by us. And, yeah. and that, I think, was a really good advice. I agree. Um, and, and also, we are quite often approached by people who want to present uh, ide pitch solutions. ideas and uh, solutions. Or, yeah, yeah. No, pitch ideas and sort of get... Uh, selling, get us selling sell, to you, yeah, yeah. Or, or get us to uh, give them advice and so forth. Uh -huh. And then, then we have actually started responding that because quite often they cannot show anything. They have a like a theoretical okay. vision, more an idea. Like. Yeah, an idea. And, and we're like, yeah, but if you can, you have to show something uh -huh. because if you cannot show that you have done anything, mm. then you're not invested enough and will not. You yeah, why, have, why should it, it we? Will, why should we care? And it will never happen if you didn't. Yeah, but even if you started, exactly. Yeah. But if you, out of passion, yeah. have made a prototype of something that you are so passionate about, so you really want to show it. Yeah, then we can discuss mm. what it's where it might what, what you yeah, might what do next, or do? is it meaningful, yeah. or blah blah blah. But when it's just theoretical. That is just escaping work and thinking someone else will do it, which will not happen according to Alan yeah, Kay. Yeah, and now yeah, I yeah. think we have, we, we take that, have taken that to our hearts. I think this is so true. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because talking is quick and easy. Mm. Yeah, but actually doing stuff, it's cumbersome, boring, frustrating. You run out of money. Yeah. Uh, you don't have the right people. People start mm. being... You have the right people, but then they disappear mm. because something happens in their life. You have a lot of things happening, right? Yeah. Uh, so you you just have to... If you can't build anything, then you shouldn't think that you will build it. Yeah, Start because, by building yeah. <laughs> and see if it works, just right? Just do it, yeah, yeah. That will be the, the, the best the, way of selecting the ones who who might do something from the ones who... Talking. Yeah, from talking. Mm. And And bad advice, that would most likely be... All the career advice you get, where you're supposed to, when you're when you're er, young, yeah. <laughs> you should do tactical moves to get a high status position. Ah. Uh, because I think that is that is a, it's a risk if you if you're not following your own passions. Yeah. How, 
like this. Mm. If you're working hard mm. to proceed a career you're not interested in, there will be others in the same career paths who are passionate. Yeah. So they will take the spots. Easy. And you have lost all those years doing something you think is boring, which is not very yeah. fun. But if you, on the other hand, try to do something you're passionate about, yeah. and then it turns out that it doesn't work out 100% perfectly fine, then you might be able to compensate and add on things. And hopefully, later on, you will end up at least closer to where you want to be. Yeah. And then most likely, hopefully, you will have something more unique and something that you can, where you can live with yourself. Exactly. you spend time on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think a, a bad career advice is to do the high status choices without, yeah. without. Without, well, like being passionate about what you're doing or believing yeah. in it. And you're just doing this for status or because position. There, yeah, there will always be. Uh, people that are passionate yeah, in the will... high career yeah, areas yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And then you stand there mm -hmm. and you're bitter because you you've been struggling to stay in that boring position. Yeah. <laughs> and you will see how others more passionate might take it. Move, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a really good point that you're you're highlighting now. Um sometimes I see people just want to jump without actually doing the job, without having the skills, without uh, showing at least some passion. Mm -hmm. But they just want to jump from one position to another position just to get this like, okay, look, I'm, ha I'm having a fancy position mm -hmm. and I get so much paid. But mm -hmm. like the reality, they don't, they, they, they don't know how to do it. They don't, they don't did it. They don't put energy. They didn't invest. And it's like, there's nothing behind this name, you know? That, that's the risk. That's very sad. And and uh, on the other hand, there are people like re really working with what they are passionate about. And maybe it takes time, mm. but they are in love with what they do every yeah. day. And even if they fail career-wise and do not climb to the top, yeah, at least they have had more fun while they were doing it, mm. most likely. Yeah, and meeting exactly. people exactly. that were also interested in similar topics, yeah. which, I mean, on the bigger... On the, the bigger picture, mm. most likely they have had more quality time yeah. doing it. Yeah. And they will not die frustrated it, right? to the same extent, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or they don't uh, look at the time and wait until it's five so they can just go out from their office. Yeah. Or or wait. I mean, we have had, a, I, I think we have seen a lot of people who, you know, they've done all these career moves that you're supposed to do. And then later in life... Strategical. Yeah. And then later in life, you, you see some of these people being very frustrated and, and they want to do something completely different. Yeah. But it's so hard it's to take a step back yeah. and yeah. suddenly be like totally creative. Yeah, after uh, so many doing years. Doing something like freely when you've never done it. Mm. And the other ones that are doing it, they have been doing it all the time. Yeah. So then, then maybe it's hard to... Even if you follow your passion and drop what you're but still, doing, it's a kind of late. No. Yeah, it's a risk that you will not. Mm. Uh, not, not the same. Feel, uh, yeah. Welcome, maybe not even welcome into yeah, doing there are, that. There, there are many aspects, like the the welcome mm. thing, being part of this, the energy. You're not the same as like even if you're now you're working with your passion, maybe you're not the same as the other ones yeah. who already started from when they were like super young. Yeah. So there are many elements. Um, also, like, I got so many invitations to schools, to universities, to talk mm -hmm. about should we 
should students work with what they're passionate about or should they choose a work profession that they can generate money? Mm. So what is your advice to students? So let's say they start I, now to choose yeah. what they should work with, applying I for a job. Yes. I would say uh, there are a lot of things, a lot of occupations where there is, of course, a limited uh, amount of seats. Yeah. Not everyone can be a TV presenter. True. Because there aren't that many TV shows, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you have you have certain jobs mm. where uh, you can go for them, but you should be aware mm. that the number of positions might be so tiny, so you might have a plan B. It's a high competition. Yes, high yeah. competition. Yeah. But... I don't think that necessarily means you shouldn't go for it. Mm. Because maybe when you did try, you realized it didn't really work out. Maybe you learned a lot of things along the way. And maybe you can find a position that is closer to a TV presenter, yeah. but within the field that is safer, where you can actually get some money. And then suddenly mm. you will have a way of sustaining your life that is somewhat close to what you were dreaming of, but not exactly. I mean, so, so I, I think I, my advice would be to go for the, for the naive and unrealistic and passion-driven first. Yeah, yeah. And most likely that will not work the whole way because it's, this as I said, it's na naive yeah. and yeah, unrealistic, yeah. Yeah. but you will learn things from that. Maybe what you learn is that it wasn't that fancy. Maybe this wasn't your dream. Maybe this was just your... The, it's an your image, thought, your yeah, thoughts, your yeah. thought dream. Yeah. But when you see what that is all, all like and the competition, mm, maybe you mm. realize, I don't want to live a life with all that, exactly. those portions. Yeah. And then you can put that away and you know that you tried. Yeah. I, I, I and had, then you can move yeah, on. Yeah. But, I, I, but yeah. I think, I think no, I, now I know what my advice would be. Yeah. My advice would be to not think so much about getting a, a title and an occupation that you will keep for life. Mm. Start with what you're passionate about. Yeah. And, and fail fast and often. Exactly. And don't see the failure as a failure. failure. It's a learning. Mm. And it will take you closer to where you want to be. Yeah, yeah. And life will be painful. And most of the time, even if you follow your own dreams and do what you're passionate about, most of the time it will be pretty frustrating, boring, uh, irritating. Yeah. And there will always be things that doesn't work your way. Mm. Uh, so don't expect... When you go for your dream, everything will be pinky. everything will be perfect. It will not <laughs> exactly, but at least go that direction. Yeah, so you're not sad when you. Yeah, this is very good. And what kind of leaders do we need in order to save this planet? I think we need smart people who are not arrogant. Who have an overview of uh, of the inequality and focuses on the non fancy, non sexy, uh, poorer portions of the world, and goes for making sure that the people get decent living conditions. Yeah, that is what I think we need. Mm. Um, because I think when, and we need, then we also need, uh, boring, 
people who, who have the energy to regulate what people with resources do. Okay. Because if people with resources can do whatever they want, they're gonna uh, do that. <laughs> and it's, it might not be uh, for the good for the for the human good. Yeah. So I think we need to have a lot of regulations mm. that limit the the space of yeah. of options we can do. Mm. And when I say we, I mean basically, you know. The, the richest uh, the richest countries what we do mm. on a daily basis like yeah. that has to be regulated, regulated because we will not do it ourselves I think we will not stop I don't uh, yeah I don't think we mm. will no. so we need to make sure that we we cut down and yeah. and really uh, put these mm. like regulations around the lifestyles we have and then I think we need to look at the poorest and make sure that they get the a decent base. Yeah. And then the ones in the middle, they know what they are aiming for and they might mm. be able to get here. Yes. And, uh, and help the others. And we, yes. So I think it's all about looking at the, the outlayers. Mm, mm, mm. Interesting. You're stressing this a lot that we shouldn't forget about the others and so on. And I think it's because like, you know, the fact and you know what's happening and you know, like the, you have an, an overall image. And yeah. it's very important. I have, yeah. yeah. Yes. And Anna, you mentioned that it's a lot of work and so on. Uh, for me, it's also important to see like how other people uh, manage their life, work-life balance, family, hobbies, and so on, because they are like a part of also also you. Mm. So first question going to be, what are your hobbies? Do you have hobbies? Or right now it's not so many because you work a lot. Um. I would say I work much less than I did when we started. For when, sure, yeah. Now I now I think we are uh, in a more normal position, right? <laughs> uh, when when we started, mm. uh, then we were working seven days a week, almost always, and we were working throughout. Yes, we worked all the time. <laughs> Actually, we but to, to get it happened, you need a kind of. Yeah, so so that was how we started, yeah. uh, and we did it for very many years. Okay. Uh, it changed when we got our first kid. Yeah, then we started to become a little bit more, little bit more decent. Uh, and now with three kids, we I think we're better at it. Okay, cool. Uh, but but <laughs> I wouldn't say good. I think we're very bad. Um. Yeah, no, we're no role models because we <laughs> we haven't. I don't think we have managed to do it in a in a good way. Okay. I think we we worked so hard, mm -hmm. so we got so super tired. So now we try to work as hard, <laughs> but we don't have the capacity. <laughs> left, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we should probably have been a little bit more, you know, saved some energy and sort of poured it out <laughs> over life. I don't know. No, but to to relax. Uh, I would say we spend quite a lot of time with our three kids. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not making it easier to work together because then it's very easy that you continue to talk yeah. work when you're, when you're have free at time. home. Yeah. It's actually like a year back or something, we started to have uh, weekends. We have never had that. We Seriously? Have, I mean, yeah. we have, we have but been like not the every weekend. Wow. We, we have had it very fluid. Wow. Uh, and we sort of, I think we enjoy the 
having it fluid. It's because also you're passionate about the yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and it goes, you know, mm. working on projects and mm. fluid and you then then in periods we work super hard yeah. and periods we work less hard. Yeah. And and that's pretty neat mm. in a way. But we actually noticed when we decided we should not work weekends. Yeah. I mean, not rocket science. Most people <laughs> don't, I guess. Um, it actually changed quite a lot. Yeah. It was, yeah. So that has been the the, the most recent yeah. uh, experience yeah, yeah. that weekends are pretty neat. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I, I, we're pretty, I think would say we're pretty interested in what our kids are interested in. Okay. Because we learn from them. Interesting. Uh, I, I think. So we try to uh, keep up to date with uh, what games they are playing. Uh, and we try to watch uh, TV series together with them that they recommend. Wow, that's so we, really good. We try to and listen to music they listen to. You know, <laughs> so making Keeping sure that company. we... Yeah, but making sure... I think we have a bigger interest in in learning <laughs> about their life yeah, than, the, than they should have yeah. about learning about ours. Okay. And um, I think both my we have realized that that Ola's dad, yeah. Hans, he was listening to us and were interested in what we were mm. doing. And my dad has always been interested in what the younger generations yeah. are doing. Yeah. And I think that is probably the the way forward forward to stay uh, a little bit relevant mm. to actually be as a, if you're not curious on what is coming then it's very easy to become uh, super irrelevant exactly but listening to what they are talking about mm. looking at the memes they are interested <laughs> in and trying to embrace it yeah, and yeah, embrace yeah. also the the very non theoretical non-fact driven portions of it yeah 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 and and trying to see the world from their perspective it's trying to mind the gap between generations yeah but 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 it's mostly it's not now it sounds like a very strategic move but it's not it's just it's like more like by, uh, it's actually pretty fun to yeah. to hang out with the young ones <laughs> yeah. because they have they have a different way of thinking about life because mm. they have everything ahead True. And it's very interesting to hear <laughs> how they resonate while talking to people uh, in our generation. Yeah. We're a bit more, uh, I think, in a phase where we try to evaluate what did it become? Is this what it should be? <laughs> you know, it's it's a it's yeah, another yeah. Yeah. it's another phase, Approach, and it's refreshing yeah. to hearing <laughs> yeah. the kids resonate. And you feel also also young. Yeah, we we try to piggyback on that, I guess. <laughs> no, but we don't. We see on their looks that we're very old, but I, but we learn from them you and learn, it's, it's yeah. a way of, uh, I, I think that is what we do mm, mm, uh, mm. mostly, try to yeah. hang out, hang out with, them, with yeah. them. Do you have, Anna, do you have a specific hobby you do or no? Uh, no, I wouldn't say I, I have. Mm. I mean, of course I... I thought I was going to become a photographer, so I spent five years of my life doing photography. So, of course, I'm five still... Five years? Yes. That's many years, actually. Many years. Yeah. Uh, so I, I probably do take more photos with my iPhone than most people. <laughs> 
though in, if that could be called the, a hobby. Maybe. Maybe, but I, it's not. It's not like I don't have a real hobby with a. It's a time in the calendar when I do a certain ah, yeah, thing. I could, I Nothing like you. that. I understand you. But I. But uh, you enjoy a lot making pictures with your phone. <laughs> yeah, that that might be the closest to hobby I yeah, get, yeah. and I do like to to binge watch uh, series with uh, with the kids and yeah, yeah. I yeah, I love to cook. I forgot that. Oh yeah. I do yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> I forgot, but that I do like. Like a Swedish or no? Different. Different. Yeah, right? I like to cook different things, yeah. you know. I I'm not very good at following recipes, but I do <laughs> like to yes, but I do like to eat food from different countries and yeah. I do like to try to mimic in a way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I usually fail because I I start to <laughs> improvise in the recipes, but I do yeah, I do like to cook. Yeah. So if I ask you now like if we can order something, what would you like us to order? Something yes. you you love to eat so now. Yesterday I I did the duck with the Asian ah. some some kind of an Asian sauce. Yeah, uh, yeah. That I can Eat it one more time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do, I do like. Uh, I'm not very much into. Uh, cooked bananas, mm. and I'm not so much into rice and beans. But I, okay. I think it's it's okay and enjoyable. But yeah. I, I do like. I think I like. Variation. variation. I like variation. Yeah, yeah. I can say that's good. So it goes um, up, yeah. up and down. What I, <laughs> what I'm doing. It's also good when you when you work with the world fact. You know, different countries mm. and so on. So you get also more images and taste as well. Yeah. Maybe. So Anna, now we are in the in the last section of this episode, and we have three questions left. Mm -hmm. The first one is, uh, you give a message to yourself. Then I think I would say that I should be kind to myself. Enjoy, uh, think that it's it's good enough. Mm. That I've been um, working for many years with uh, trying to reach uh, to make some some of the passionate goals come th come through, and uh, honestly. The visions are always bigger than what you manage to accomplish in real life. But being, uh, thinking, knowing that I've been uh, working seriously and hard to achieve a goal, yeah. even if I haven't reached it, because it was probably unrealistic uh, to start with, to be uh, happy enough about trying. Mm. Uh, and also, I yeah, another advice would be that I think it's important to uh, embrace when when uh, you or people around you change. Mm. To allow allow things to change. To change, yeah. That I I think because it's very easy to end up in a closed position where you have decided already who you are. What you stand for and how you do things, and if you start to dream about doing something a little bit differently, then it's easy to be hard on yourself. Yeah, 
or on others. on others. But we had agreed. You are a yeah, you, do you this, are a sort of like person this. who yeah. is like this, but okay. now you're doing differently. I mean, mm. allowing allowing people, including yourself, to change. Yeah. And the next next question is that you give three takeaway messages to our listeners. About what they should do or about... In general, what should they do? What should they think about? Um, any message, three messages to them. Uh, be true to yourself. Try to do things you're passionate about and be kind. Mm, yeah. And the last question in this episode is going to be you asking it to me and to our listeners. Mm. So what is your question to us? Then my question would be, if you have listened so far to this <laughs> point, what what would that change how you will do things? Good question. Well, Anna, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very inspired by our conversation. And what I want to say to you and to your team, like, thank you so much for, for changing the image we have about the world. And what you do is so important. And thanks again for coming, for giving your valuable time to record this episode. Thank you for having me. 